Here at Doxedo Hatfield, we are a family on mission. Make sure to get connected by joining us at one of our Sunday services. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Friends, can I ask you to open up a Bible with me? Today's service is going to be a truncated one, so very soon we're going to get into food and fellowship. But as we do that, let's open up our Bibles to Acts 11 then. For the last time in this series, let's open up to the book of Acts 11, 19. And we have been preaching through the book of Acts, and this is our second series. We're basically halfway through this book, and we'll get back to it in 2022. And we've called this specific series, Those Jesus People. Why? Because at the time of Jesus, the book of Acts tells a story of the early church. It's this historical work, and at that time, you had groups of people. Some of them were so devoted to Emperor Nero Augustus that they became known as Augustinians. And some of them were so devoted to Nero the Great that they were called Herodians. So you see these people who have their identity almost taken up in their devotion to a person. And we said we have the same today. The Justin Bieber fans are called the believers. And you have, you know, Beyonce with her Bay Hive, and you have the Taylor Swifties. And of course, we said the Slipknot guys are called the maggots, uh, just to cover the bases pretty well. But we're saying that very often your devotion to a person becomes your identity. And here we see a church that was not known for its politics. It wasn't known for its opposition to gay people or science or vaccines or whatever it is that people believe about Christians. But they were known for their devotion to a person called Jesus. They were so saturated, so obsessed with the person of Jesus that this verse we've been repeating over and over again, today we come to it as we end off in week 10, the first time in history that Jesus followers are called Christians, not people of the way, not, you know, the Galileans, but they are called Christians. Why? Because they were obsessed with Jesus. And we've been saying that is what our city needs. That's what our country needs, a Jesus people. So for the last time, let's read together Acts eleven nineteen. It says, now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen all the way back in week one. They made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming what? The good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. And when he arrived, he saw the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And large numbers of people were added to the Lord. And then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers. And here it is, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Amen and amen. And we will get back to this book in 2022. For the first time in history, they are known as Christians. And I love the fact that it says that those who were scattered because of the pressure from the religious elite and the government, suddenly these people are forced out of their homes and their comfort spaces. And it says those people those Jesus people, they went about and they shared their word. They, they lived the kingdom. They displayed something of who Jesus is. And it wasn't about the fact that they could remember the teachings. 
or about the fact that they had this deep theological training or they had this wide network that they could mobilize. It says that something in the people themselves, it was about who they were, not so much about what they were doing. And that's why verse 21 says the Lord's hand was with them. There was something of an identity in the people that so gripped the Mediterranean world that something of these Jesus people, just in who they were. And friends, that's what Christianity is all about. Long before Christianity is something that you do or devote to, it's something that you are. So listen to this. What God had done in Jesus for them had begun to take root in them, and now it just started flowing from them. That's Christianity. Why were they the Jesus people? Because what God had done in Jesus for them began taking root so much in them that eventually it just started flowing from them. And as they were scattered, they just went, guys, do you realize that it's very difficult to scatter a message? It's difficult to scatter a list of rules that people have to attend to. It's difficult to scatter even a moral example. We all have to be like this. But you know what you can scatter? You can scatter a people. And if it's in them, they will become more like it, and they will just start living it out. Why do we say every Sunday? Friends, this is an amazing moment every Sunday for us as we gather, but it's the church scattered. That's where church begins. This is just halftime. We are just drinking, you know, Powerade and a couple of lemons or whatever it is. And now we're going out. Not lemons. What's the other one? Oranges. It's my Afrikaans, friends. Shining through. Not lemons. Let's not do that. Sometimes we look like we've had lemons on Sunday, but that's not what we want to do, right? We want to be the church scattered, those who went out. That's what one of the commentators say. It's since the members of this group constantly talked about Christ that they were called Christians. It's because they constantly had this thing of Jesus so impressed upon their hearts, it just flowed out of them. See, it wasn't that Jesus was only a teacher to them like Buddha or that he was simply an example to them like Muhammad. But it's because what he had done for them, his life, death, and resurrection literally became their identity. What's the most true thing about you this morning if you're a Christian? It's not your height or your eye color, your bank balance or the car that you drive. It's not what's happened to you in the past or the brokenness you've experienced or the fact that you have a dad or you don't have a father in the home. It's not about what you can provide. The truest thing about a Christian is Jesus. The truest thing about a Jesus person is Christ himself. He's not your teacher primarily. He's not your example primarily. He is the one who has done so that you can be and then go and do. That is the Jesus people. Long before Christianity is something we do, it's something we receive and we gradually become. You know, even I say it often, one of my favorite bands, King's Kaleidoscope, they have an album that's called Becoming Who We Are. That's Christianity. You don't say, I'm going to commit to Jesus, try my best, and then keep going. No, you receive. If you've put your faith in Christ, you've laid your sin and your brokenness before him, you've taken up his new life, you've experienced that born again life in him. No, it's not that you can do for him. It's what he has then done for you. 
you become something in him. And now as they scattered, they were just becoming more of who they were already in Christ. That's why I love verse 25. It says that Barnabas comes from almost the HQ church at that point in Jerusalem. And he comes to Antioch. And what does it say there? It says he saw what? The grace of God. Isn't that strange? What a weird way to put it. Because he comes there and what does he see in the city? He sees Christians feeding the poor, helping the destitute, caring for the sick. He sees them sharing the good news of Jesus. He sees them inviting people into their homes, breaking down the barriers of sex and race and culture. He sees them seeking out the lost and healing the pain and restoring what's broken. He sees all of that. But what does it say? He saw the grace of God. Why? Because if you have experienced the grace of God and you continue to experience the grace of God, you become the grace of God and you show the grace of God. Religion is you have to be loving. Jesus says, I am your love. Let me teach you what love is. Let me be love in you and then through you. If you've experienced grace as a church, if we saturate ourselves in grace, maybe you ask, why do we sing songs on a Sunday? Why do we pray? Why do we do these things? Why do we have a moment like this? Because you are being discipled every second of your life. Every second of your life, you're being formed and discipled. You are being saturated by the news, by politics, by friends, by opinions, by the culture of Pretoria. And we need moments where we once again come to the place where we say, may the grace of God become grace in me. May I live out that grace. May the love of God become love in me and I live out that love. May the justice of God become justice in me and then I live out that justice. It's who we are. Before it is what we do, it's who we are. You know, Shane and I, we had a difficult conversation last night with our eldest, Abby. And it's about something that she so desperately wants at the moment in her life. And we were sitting there and we said, the answer is not no, it's not yet. And there's tears and we're going and I can just see like we're locking eyes. It's like, yo, this is one of those moments. We have to trust each other now and we have to parent and be our best there. And we have to love and try and bring truth. And you realize afterwards, what a fail. Like we're going to just go back to God and ask for grace. But in that moment, we just kept saying to her, we love you, but you have to trust us. The, the greatest priority the greatest job that we have as parents while you're with us is not what you have or what you can do or what other people think about you. It's who you are becoming. It's who you are becoming. That's Christianity. The identity of the Jesus people became for the activity. Long before the identity, it was Jesus. And their identity was the thing that preceded all their activities. Jelly and I were speaking about this on Friday, but Rich Velodas in his book, The Deeply Formed Life, he says this. He says, there's a way of responding to the needs of the world, of the city of Pretoria, in such a way that it leads us to fatigue and burnout. How? It's when we try to give what we don't possess. Mission is first about who we are becoming before what we are doing. Our most effective strategy in reaching a world for Christ is grounded in the kind of people we are being formed into. And any doing on our part will only be as deep as our being. So to do without being disconnects our activity from the source of life and love. What is that? God's life and love. Christianity is about who we 
are in Christ. And that takes such deep root in us. It's who we become and then it's what we do. And why am I hammering on this today as we finish off? It's because of this, friends. If we look at the last 10 weeks, I think it can be so easy to look at these things as a list of things you need to now go and do. Come on, Hatfield, do better. Be a better person. Pick up your socks. Come on. That's how easily we can fall into this thing. We read this and we say, man, they were a people of life, of service, of calling, of power, of good news, of encounters, of healing, of reconciliation, of salvation, and it heaps onto me. I am not these things. I'm trying my best. And what I want to show to us today is this, friends. This is not something you step into firstly and say, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to be a person filled with this resurrected life. I'm going to go and serve the city and my fellow man. You begin in the place where you encounter a God who in your place in Jesus steps in and he becomes your life. He is your service. He is your calling. He's your power, your good news. He's your encounter, your healing, your reconciliation. He is your salvation. And as what he has done for you starts to take root every day, week, month, decade in, decade out of your life, as it begins to take root in you, it just begins to flow through you. The more he becomes your life, the more that life takes root and the more that life just beams out of you. The more you see him as the God who comes not to rule you firstly, but to serve you. That service starts transforming you on the inside and you become more and more a person of service, of calling, of power, of good news, of encounters, of healing, of reconciliation and salvation. To finish off, friends, Richard Newber famously said that the great Christian revolutions, when things really, really change, they come not by the discovery of something that was not known before. Oh my goodness, what's the secret of a, of a, of a bold and a, and a strong, joyous and a resilient faith? What's the secret? Let's just discover it. What could it be? No, he says, it's when somebody takes radically serious something that was always there. Friends, I don't want us to be a people of doing I want us to be a people who radically rediscover what it means to be a people of being, of Jesus for me, Jesus in me, and then Jesus through me. They were a Jesus people. Why? Because of the Jesus in the people. And the depth to which you just allow that in this next season, man, the, the same kind of holiday rhythm and time, whatever that looks like for you, is the ideal time not to say, now I'm going to make it work. It's to say, now I'm going to rest in the fact that he has done the work. I'm going to rest in the fact that Christmas is all about a savior born and the work has been done. The depth to which that captures you will be the depth to which this city is captured by a Jesus people. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I want to pray this morning just for every single person. Just looking at literally every face that I see before me today. And I pray, God, at the end of a brutal 18 months for so many people, 
that we would just be in a posture this morning of receiving who you are, what you've done. That there would be people today who would just step into the place of receiving your healing and your reconciliation. Just receiving your power and your good news. Just receiving, God, your service. Just encountering you again. And from that place, God, we want to encounter the city as we scatter with Jesus in us. God, may our fellowship today just be a reminder of the fact that this life with you is meant to be enjoyed when it's raining and when the sun is shining. May we just encourage this other day. May, may this just be a celebration of the goodness of our God who is for us, who is with us, who is in us. May we be a Jesus people. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen.